Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. On today's show, we have a guest who I view as an incredibly strong, powerful woman, and I'm not even sure she realizes how powerful she is. Uh, We met through social media. Uh, I've taken her on as a mentor client, but she has an extraordinary story, and I want her to be able to share that with you in order to inspire you and give you strength if you are walking in the same shoes that she is. Please welcome to the show, Natalie Watson. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm extremely uh, honored and humbled that you are open to coming on the show and to sharing your experience, especially because it's so fresh. So um, I just want to first thank you for that. Yes, yes, you're welcome. No problem. So I, I like to start the show um, asking people a question because as women, we have all these titles and um, some of us don't really realize the significance of the, the title of our own name, you know, the title that we are called so many times in one day. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, Natalie, do you know what your name means? Uh, yes, I do. I actually looked it up after listening to a previous podcast. <laughs> and after looking it up, I like, you know, I thought, hmm, I never really looked up the meaning of my name. I just figured, well, it's just a regular, you know, standard name, Natalie. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I did look it up, um, I found out my name is a female name. It's derived from the late Latin name Natalia, meaning Christmas Day. Mm. And uh, I was like, huh? Christmas Day? <laughs> but um, for me, like, I was like, you know what? I love Christmas, so I can live with that. I actually love the meaning of it. Exactly. It's a beautiful day. It's you know, mm-hmm. one of the most memorable uh, days of the year for many people. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, so um, you are a wife and a mother of four. And yes. I, I, I wanted you on the show because, like I said, I admired the strength that I see in you. And you had an experience that happened um, this year. And it's probably a mother's worst nightmare so can you share what that was uh well to start off i would say back in may may of this year may 29th i uh you know i woke up it was a regular day for myself and my kids you know having to run a busy household and know getting ready for work getting the kids out to school um you know I woke up with my kids and uh got them ready for school you know they came downstairs we had breakfast and you know we're all sort of like running around the kitchen grabbing snacks um you know water bottles whatever any mom who's got a busy household or have kids will know definitely how busy it is um so that morning I was scheduled to go to work for 8.30 to 4.30. And my kids, you know, my two older kids, they had to take the school bus at 7.30. So um, my son and my daughter, being the two older kids, 
um, you know, them leaving the house earlier, you know, they said to me, okay, it's time to go now. You know, we got to go for the bus. And I said, okay, well, you guys have a good day. Uh, my son looked at me, you know, he smiled and he's like, have a good day, mom, have a great day. And, you know, usually he wakes up in a bit of a funk sometimes. And, you know, I looked at him and I said, you have a good day too. Um, so he left and usually, you know, I just say, okay, bye, have a great day and let them leave. But that morning, I actually stared at both of them, especially my son, leaving the house. And I looked at him, him being the last one leaving, he left. And I can see like the shadow uh, behind the door, like the glass. And I said, wow, you know, I'm so proud of him. He's in a great mood today. Like today's going to be a great day for him. Like I can just tell. Mm -hmm. um, so that day, you know, I went about my business went off to work my other two kids were gone to school as well and I came home that day and my son wasn't home I got home and I was home about five o'clock and you know I asked for him I said where is he and my husband said to me oh he's not home you know how these teenage kids are he's probably at the YMCA hanging out with his friends, playing basketball, you know, as he would typically do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, okay. So that evening, it was getting late. It was like six o'clock. My son's not home. And uh, time went by. And, you know, to sum it up, um, it got later that night. I started getting worried. Um, but I knew... He would always, you know, come home at some point. So later on that night, um, I fell into a deep sleep after scrolling on social media to see if he's active online. And, you know, my husband was still up. And uh, we he waited up for him to see if he'll come. No show. So when I jumped out of my sleep, I looked in his room. So it wasn't there. And uh, I called the police. I called the police and I told him my son is missing. And, uh, you know, they came, they took my report. Um, and it must have been like one or so in the morning. And, you know, they went out looking for him. I didn't sleep that night. You know, I went to work the next day. And, you know, throughout my day, there were still, you know, police looking for him. Uh, they went to the school, checked in with friends. The friends at the school said, you know, he was last seen women the day before at the canal um now, was and, that something normal like for them to swim at the uh, canal no that was not normal that was not normal at all now if you said he's swimming at the ymca i would say yes you know for sure um that sounds like noah my son he does love swimming he's a great swimmer he knows how to swim um so after you know, they said, okay, he was seen at the canal, you know, investigators were on the case at this time because it's been so many hours, no, um, no answer from him. What they did, they said, okay, let's, let's go and check down by the canal, see if, you know, maybe he's hanging out with friends or whatever have you. So they went down, no sign of him. 
So they called me at work asking me if, you know, we want to just bring in the search and dive team to see, you know, we just want to rule out the possibility. And I said, hey, sure, go right ahead because he's at a friend's house hanging out somewhere. Go right mm-hmm. ahead, bring in the search and dive team. Um, you guys do your job. I'm just going to be waiting for my son to get home. And uh, they bring in the search and dive team. And that day when I left work again and I came home, I was asked to go to the police station. Um, You know, and I'm sitting there, they're asking me questions. I'm answering. And shortly after the detective that was speaking with myself and my husband, he got up after receiving a phone call. And uh, after 10 minutes of him leaving the room, he came back. And what he told me, was the worst thing any parent can ever imagine. You know, I just remember him sitting in the room. He closed the doors and he had a look on his face, a face of like, it's like a cold, spaced out look. And he said to me that, I'm sorry to tell you, Natalie, but your son's body was discovered in the water of the Welland Canal. Yes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, everything. I mean, was, you said your son was a, a good swimmer. It's like, do they know what happened? Um, after they did their investigation um, into the case, uh, I would say about a month and a half later, they said to me, based on the information that they received from the other kids and people that were in the area at that time, he went swimming with nine of his friends and they all went in the water and they were swimming. And um, a few of them left and they left him at the water swimming. And he said he was going to stay back and swim. And the rest of them, they left. And another friend of his came back and when he came back, Noah wasn't anywhere to be found. So he was left alone in the canal? So he was left alone in the canal. Um, No one, I mean, even called me say, hey, I went swimming with your son. You know, is he home? His Mm -hmm. backpack is at my house. Um, And that's another part of it, too. The story is so conflicting and it doesn't make sense at all um, how he passed because he had left his backpack at a friend's house changed his clothes off and he went to the canal and where he left his backpack um, you know those friends didn't call or reached out in social media to say I have his backpack you know it's here you know can right. you come and get it or can he come and pick it up so how, how like old was so he sorry time. Uh, my son, he was 14. He was 14 okay. at the time. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, so it, it, it's like one of those things that when you think about it, like I just remember sitting there in the room and I'm like, everything that the detective said to me after, I'm sorry to tell you, but, you know, it was your son that we found in the canal. Everything was muffled. It was mm-hmm. like... I was having an outer body experience. Mm-hmm. Very dreamy. 
I, I can't even imagine. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to imagine, but I mean, my, my heart breaks for you because like I said, that's a mother's worst nightmare. And Noah was your only son, correct? Yes. He was my only son and he's the second oldest. I mean, I'm deeply sorry for your loss and I, I'm even stuttering for words because when my sister passed away, which is, you know, not the same as losing a child, um, although she was my best friend and we were extremely close, I know how hard that was for me to handle. And I know that within the first six months, like the amount of, you know, depression and post-traumatic stress and what have you that I experienced. And I look at the strength that I see in you now and we are let's see what if that was may may or like September, five, so the, months. five months ago yes. um yes. I, I admire your strength <clears throat> i mean wow i i admire your strength can you can you share um what uh you have an initiative called i'm still healing can you share what that's about and how that came about uh, so, I'm still healing. That came about after I actually buried my son. You know, I thought to myself, the feeling that I'm feeling right now, like, this is not normal. Like, no one should be experiencing this level of hurt and the the emptiness that I'm feeling. So... I actually came up with that after I buried my son and, you know, I was laying in bed and I'm like wrestling and I'm like tossing, I'm not sleeping. And I thought to myself, how am I going to get through this? You know, like, am I going to be okay? Like what's going to become of me? So I just came up with that, like just off the top of my head, I'm like, wow, this is some real ish (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with, you know? And I said, you know, I thought to myself, ish. I'm still going to be healing. I'm going to be healing for the rest of my life. So, you know, I sat down with my husband. I'm like, you know what? I want to create something for like other people that might be going through the same thing that I'm going through. I know death is something that we don't talk about every day. No one plans for death. We plan everything else in life, but death. Mm-hmm. So when I came up with the idea, he's like, you know what? That would be good. I think you you have a very um, you have a very powerful story, and I think just the way I see how you've been since, like you've been like I was expecting something different from you, like just being totally out of it. But you know what? God is just He's keeping you together, and He's brought you this far. I think what you have to share, you can help other people in your situation. So. And that's how the name pretty much came about because I said, I'm dealing with some real ish. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not normal. And then I just went online and I just created, you know, very simple. And I'm like, you know what? I want to help other people that are in my situation, whether it's a mom or dad. It's it's not easy to lose someone that you gave life to, someone that you gave birth to. And I can go to the doctor and they can say, you know what, okay, you, you probably need meds for anxiety, you're thinking too much, blah, 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 whatever. 
they don't know what I'm experiencing unless you've gone through it. Like you can't really say they can make recommendations mm-hmm. based on, you know, their training and stuff. That's what they're trained for in school. But this is a real life situation. There's no book that's written, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, someone who's actually experiencing it and who's gone through it, they can really tell you, this is what I was dealing with. This is, the emotions I was having at this particular time. So that's how I pretty much came up with the name Ish, you know, very straightforward because I'm still really dealing with some Ish and All I'm right. still healing. So yes. um, I'm still healing. You created a Facebook page and you've been doing um, videos. Can you, you know, talk more about what you're doing um, on the page? Uh, so the videos I've been doing, it's pretty much, um, I would just go on there. I'm not really, never been a, re- been a really um, person to go online and, you know, talk about my business. And um, I'm sort of like an introvert. So I said, you know what, I got to step out of this comfort zone. I mean, I'm too comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I would just go on my page and I would, you know, talk about like whether it's a lot of things that I'm doing. It's like my first time doing it. So for instance, when I picked up his backpack from the police station, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to go live with this. I don't know how I'm going to be. It doesn't matter if anyone judges me, but I'm going to go live with this because there's people out there that going through the same thing. And maybe by me going live with them, I felt like there's people surrounding me, um, mm-hmm. you know, just scaring me out. And I felt like someone was actually listening to me. So I would visit my son's grave site. I would put that on there as well. So it's a lot of things that's like the first. Um, I went to my first funeral for the first time since my son passed a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I put that on there, put my experience like, wow, like this is what I'm feeling right now. These are the emotions that are coming out of me since, you know, my son's passing and I would put a lot of like positive quotes, affirmations on there. Um, And I would reach out to people on there. And surprisingly enough, by me posting um, my live videos and going live, a lot of people, you know, sending me messages inbox, um, you know, showing their support. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of months ago, I had another mom. She called me from, uh, she was in New York and she called me. She doesn't know me. She just, heard my story from another friend who had shared my page and she told me that you know she lost her son as well in February and he was only 13 and we both had our time on the phone where we just cried and mm-hmm. you know I she said I couldn't talk about it before I couldn't even mention his name until I actually seen your page and I was like wow how how is she doing it how like what is she doing why can't I get past the thought of even talking about my son? You know, and uh, I just shared with her, you know, how I've been coping and which is my page. It's been helping me because I'm able to speak about it and keep his spirit alive. Yes. And for me to heal at the same time, healing others that's going through the same thing. I think it's absolutely beautiful that, you know, you came out of your comfort zone. Um, made yourself vulnerable at 
one of the lowest um, points a mother can experience to create I'm Still Healing while you're still healing, but to also help other women heal. And many of the women that I've spoken with over the years have all realized their pain birthed their purpose. And you've unintentionally created a community, um, a support group, if you will, um, of women that needed that healing. Because like you said, you know, people can recommend things, but if you haven't gone through it, then you don't know what it feels like and you don't know, you know, what to do or how to cope. And because you are, and I'm sure you hear this often, but you know, you are dealing with this so gracefully um, that it's, it can be extremely inspiring, like to not even people who have lost a child, but I can only imagine what it feels like for other women who have lost a child to hear you share those experiences live. You know, the first time you picked up your son's backpack or what it's like to go to a funeral. Um, you know, I, I shared with you just about two weeks ago, one of my closest friends lost her son. Um, he committed suicide and she is not, I, uh, I don't want to say not taking it well, obviously, but it's been so hard for her and she is such a positive person and to see her you know, in such a low place, it, it hurts my heart. And you have openly said, you know, I'm willing to connect with her. Like just your, your heart to help other women heal is it's so it's beyond inspiring. I don't, I don't even have words for that right now. Um, and I, I don't, um, I don't want to, um, put your stuff out there without permission, but I know you've been journaling, correct? Yes, I have. Yes. So do you want to talk about how that's been helping you with your healing as well? Um, yes. Yeah, so I started uh, journaling, I would say, roughly about three weeks after my son passed. Um, and, you know, like right after he passed um, and I buried him, I was like, okay, what do I do? You know, where do I start? Like, how do I even continue my life? This is like, again, this is not normal. And, um, you know, I was praying a lot and I, I just, I kept praying. I said, God, you know what's right for me. I'm asking you, I'm begging you. I went down on my knees in my son's room and I cried out to God. I said, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my son. Mm-hmm. Help me. Show me the way. Like, you know, I'm, I'm coming to you you know, help me, Lord. And, you know, I'm, I know I'm a sinner, but I'm coming to you open heartedly. And, you know, one day my kids were, my older girl daughter was at the mall and I said, you know what, can you pick me up a book? I just want to start writing. There's so much inside of me that was stirring to the point where my head was like spinning around in circles. Mm-hmm. I just felt like someone was twirling me around in a circle and it's just like, okay, when you're going to stop? you know, you're, you're probably going to be off Fallon. So my daughter, she picked me up a nice journal and, uh, I started writing and, uh, I didn't know where to start, but I started with the birth of my son. And after I started with the birth, writing the birth of my son, um, you know, I'm like, okay, this is really helping me. 
because I went back in time. I was able to connect with, you know, when he was first born. As, mm-hmm. as painful as it was, you know, writing, I can see my teardrops on my paper. Like when I look at it now in my book, I'm like, wow. But as painful as it was, it it's helped me a lot because every day I'm working 10-hour shifts, but I dedicate my time whether I'm at work on my break or I'm at home on my days off or late night. Sometimes I'm up until like 1, 2 in the morning and I'm writing. My writing has helped me through the process of my healing as well because I'm able to connect on a spiritual level with mm-hmm. my son. And I feel like I've given birth again to him in the spiritual realm. Wow. Um. Yes, which is weird. I was speaking to a family member about this. I'm like, you know, how do you feel about this? I feel like I've given birth again to him. Like I have a different relationship with him now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're closer now in the spiritual realm than anything else. It's like I'm learning him all over again. And my writing, it's been helping me with that. And it's been helping me, you know, just for clarity every day for me to remain focused and for me to remain uh, open and for me to even help my kids through, you know, their experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so, just open up another, you know, I guess, avenue for me. My writing right now, I'm actually going to put all my journaling into a book. So mm-hmm. that's something that I'm working on right now. And I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm beyond excited for you. And that's, you know, when I said earlier, I didn't want to put your business out there. I was so excited. I wanted to share. And I was like, no, that's not mine to share. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about it. (laughs) I'm excited because for me, talking about it, when I say something, talking about it, like, it's almost like you're putting it out here. I have to bring it to life. And I'm not one of those people. It's like, okay, you're just talking right now. Mm, Yeah, okay. I have to bring it to life. The fact that I'm even talking about it, that shows how serious I am about it. Right. No, I, I, I know you're serious. We've, we've had our mentoring session, so I know you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I want to ask you, like, how is the rest of your family coping? You know, your daughters, your husband. So I know you seem to be coping extremely well. How are, how are they coping? Um, I think for my older daughter she reminds me of myself she's got this fire in her and she's coping pretty well better than I thought because she just left her university of Guelph Humber she left home and she studied she's studying right now journalism in university and I just give her like positive words of encouragement I'm like you've got to do this you can do Mm -hmm. this do it for you do it for your brother do it for me I'm like, you're in the right field, like journalism. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, I keep telling her, I'm going to need you. Like, we're going to work together. Yes. And um, just my, like, for my energy alone, she kind of, you know, feeds off from that. So mm-hmm. she's like, okay, mom, okay. And, you know what, she's coping pretty well because she just had a midterm for one of her classes and she got, like, high 80. Nice. And I'm like, wow. Like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm proud of her. Um, my younger two, my younger two, she, my youngest one, she's going to be seven. So she doesn't really understand what really took place, but she can identify and put it together that 
my brother is an angel, Mm -hmm. you know, and he is an angel. I refer to him as he's your guardian angel. He's going to make sure that nothing happens to you. He's going to walk every day with you spiritually until she gets old enough. All that stuff that I'm telling her right now, it's not a make-believe. It's what's real because I know he is an angel. And he's walking with her in the spiritual realm of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing with my middle daughter, who's only 13. She's another fighter as well. You know, little things that I do, like acknowledging him, lighting a candle for him every day. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm in the house and I'm not leaving for work, like I light a candle for him. We, you know, we'll go in his room, we'll talk to him. And we communicate with him, whether or not, you know, he's listening, we communicate with him. You know, I, I'm showing her how to pray for things that, you know, she wants, you know, going forward. So she's having like a little bit of a spiritual connection with him and I can see it. It wasn't there before, but now Mm -hmm. that, you know, I've opened up that door, it's like, you know, you can communicate, pray to God. Um, and he'll, he's going to answer all your prayers and stuff. So one day again, we're going to meet him. And she's so confident, like, yes, I can't wait to meet him again. You know, you so know she, my kids, like, I feel like they're all coping great. Uh, and I, I feel like that's just a testament to who who you are, um, your your strength, because energy is definitely transferable. And the amount of strength yeah. that you are 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 showing and the energy that you're giving off is just um you know pouring over onto your other children and your husband i think that you know you said earlier that you're an introvert and i i smile when i hear that because people (laughs) people don't understand how much of an introvert i used to be um, before my sister passed away and many times when people tell me they're an introvert and they go through a traumatic experience, they usually handle it better than the extroverts. Um, I've noticed because as introverted people, um, you know, we're, when we're around people, we're giving off the energy. Extroverts need, <clears throat> they need to absorb the energy from, uh, from others, you know, to stay on that high. So you're out here giving off all of this amazing energy and obviously you know, your, your family is, is feeling that and you're helping them to cope with that. So what advice would you give a mother that has just lost her child? Uh, there's so many things I can say. Um, you know, first, be patient with yourself. Be patient and know that you're going to get through it. You, you're going to be healing for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. I realize that. Don't rush it. Just wake every day. Whatever emotion that you're feeling and that you're channeling, it's okay to have a bad day. It's Mm -hmm. okay to cry. Don't hold back your tears. Um, And that's something that I never did. Like, there's times when I've been at work and I'm, like, crying. Mm -hmm. I would take myself aside and I would just get it out my system. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, again, something may have reminded you or triggered your experience, you know, that you're going through right now. Um, So there's nothing to really 
you know, beat yourself up about it and be like, okay, I shouldn't be happy. No, you should have happy days. Mm-hmm. If you have a week of happy days, embrace it, enjoy it, because there's going to be those moments where you're going to feel down and out. But know that the next day when you wake up, it's not going to be like how you were the previous day before. Every day that you're experiencing, just embrace it and try and think of the good memories you had with Mm -hmm. your child. Mm -hmm. Think of the good things. And for me, that's been getting me through a lot, like, you know, writing again from his birth. Everyone knows what it's like giving birth and you have this new baby and they're so cute and smushy and, (laughs) you know, you're Mm -hmm. just like, just embrace all of that. So that brings me joy. Um, And I would definitely say write, write, doesn't matter what it is, if it's a one-liner or two-liner or Mm -hmm. Mm ten-liner. I I mean, I think that's great advice. you know, grief is, it's a roller coaster ride. Like you said, you know, you have those great moments where you feel like, okay, am, am I even, not, should I be feeling this great? Like I just lost somebody. And then you have those moments where you're so mm-hmm. down where you can't control, you know, the tears. They come out when you least expect it. Um, yeah. You know, my, my sister died in 2012 or in 2018. And I feel like I've gotten a lot better at, at talking about it and dealing with it by you know, focusing on the positive and writing and all the things that you suggested, but grief doesn't go away. We just get better at dealing with it. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's very important for, for people just to take their time to be gentle with themselves. Like all of those things that you said. Yes. Yeah. So you have, to, you have to, no, no, go ahead. No, sorry. I was saying you have to be real with yourself. Um, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. And, you know what, get out and meet people and do things that you never thought you would even imagine doing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I've been doing. I'm doing things and like tapping into errors where it's like, okay, I don't know what's ex- <laughs> what exactly is happening right now, but I enjoy it. I'm right. loving it. Yes. Right. So how, how else has this experience changed how you view life going forward? Uh, it's definitely changed. You know, my day-to-day, um, like, once I wake, I just look at the day so different. I'm like, wow, thank God. We say it so lightly. Thank God for waking me up for another day. Mm-hmm. But when you really think of it, a lot of people, they don't have that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So I appreciate everything I do. People that I've come in contact with, I appreciate every little thing, like, about that person. And I just look at life like, you know what? I'm living one life. Tomorrow is not promised or it's not guaranteed. I'm going to live it to my fullest. Mm-hmm. You know, every day that I wake, I want to I wanna live with a purpose. I want to have a meaning behind me living, not just existing, right? right. I want to do more. I want to do more for myself. I want to do more for my kids. Um, and, you know, just to leave my footprint you know when I'm gone what did I do what did I contribute to society you know and this is a start like even this interview is a start I think to many great things and I'm excited about it um I'm excited for you (laughs) I see it (laughs) I'm so excited for you it's you know it's 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 really 
obviously extremely unfortunate that we have to lose someone. But I found that when my sister passed away, it, it forced me to make an effort to live full in her honor. You know, death makes you look at life differently. Um, especially when the people that we lose are young, because a lot of us, we procrastinate on things that we want to do and say, we're going to do it tomorrow. And like you said, tomorrow is promised to no one. And when you lose someone so close to you and realize that, you know, they had so much more life to live, it makes Mm -hmm. you want to live more full, to to do more, to contribute more, to leave your footprint in this lifetime and the next. So I think that's beautiful that you see that like five months after. Um, I I see so much greatness in store for you. The amount of healing that you are helping other people do and it's needed. Mm, Yes. And you know what? Say like you just said five months after. Like I never thought for any day that I would have it. Like, I, I never thought that I would be saying in my head, because initially when I heard that meaning, I said in my head, that's it. That's it. It's over. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be in bed for the rest of your life. Like, I thought in the back of my head, I am so done. This is mm-hmm. what's going to take me out of this world. Mm-hmm. And when I dropped on my knees in my son's room and I prayed, I know there there's a God. Like, you know before like you knew before but it's like wow god you're really holding me together like what did Mm -hmm. i do to deserve this Mm -hmm. you know and i want to thank god so much and like just for everyone who's been supporting me um with whether it's a phone call or checking in but at the end of the day like things could have shifted left for me and i say that every day to my husband i'm like you know things could have been left i'm like i gotta thank god Mm-hmm. I got to thank him because he's holding me together. He's really molded me. And it tapped into me when I asked him to open up my heart, use me as a vessel. That's right. You know, it tapped into my heart. And, you know, it's like he's saying to me, no, I've got work for you now to do. Mm-hmm. You're not done. Because when I thought I was done, when I heard that news and days went by and weeks went by, I was like, okay. I'm I'm so I'm so out of it. I can't deal with this. You know, mm-hmm. he had other plans for me. He's like, no, I'm gonna renew you. I'm gonna keep you whole. Yes, you're going to still feel the pain of your son not being here, not being here in the physical. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of it, he's given me a spiritual connection with him. Wow. You know, so you gotta believe to like to know. And when I see it, I'm like, wow. You know. I speak out loud every day to my son I'm like good morning you know good night I would even before I came on this call I'm like okay no more <laughs> like God like you help me through it you guide me through like come into my spirit just around my area right now and let me deliver the message the way you want me to deliver it that's right so he's, I gotta give him thanks I just wanted to say that I, wow, see, now I've got goosebumps. (laughs) I remember the uh, first conversation I had with you and, you know, I I don't know if you could hear it through the phone, but I had tears in my eyes when you were, you were even saying to me, you know, the chapter in my book where I talk about losing my sister and how that helped you um, Mm. to deal. 
And that's just one chapter in my book, but you're writing an entire mm-hmm. book about your mm-hmm. experience. So I can only imagine, you know, how much healing is going to happen with others through that. And I, I, I want to thank you in advance for the work yeah. that, that you're about to do. Um, so I want you to tell people quickly before we go into the final segment um, where they can stay in contact with you, um, you know, how they can see your lives and all that goodness. Uh, well, my page, I do have my page. It's called Ish, I-S-H. I'm still healing. It's on Facebook. And I have my personal Instagram uh, page. I am Natalie Watson. Um, on there, you'll my kids, my personal life setting, little things that I do. Um, but my page that I have on Facebook, um, I usually connect with everyone on that page. And I do a lot of lives um, if I know, you know, what I'm experiencing right now might help someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, you know, I I am on Facebook and that's where I connect with a lot of people. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So um, at this point in the show, um, I mean, I already know you're a woman of strength and power and you're a warrior. <laughs> um, but they, I, I, read, I read a blog um, or an article that talked about what your favorite type of shoe says about you. And I've said this on every show and it's no surprise that my favorite type of shoe is a, a stiletto. Uh, so I want to ask you, Natalie, what is your favorite type of shoe? My favorite type of shoe is, well, it is a stiletto. Um, <laughs> however, there's not many places that I do get invited to wear my shoes, my stilettos. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say a stiletto. There's just something about them, you know, when you put them on, it's just a different level. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so they say that women who love stilettos work hard and have excellent taste. Oh, I can live with that. (laughs) There you go. There you go. There you go. So um, this next segment, I call it a walk in her stilettos where you share inspiration from your walk. And I just ask you a couple of general questions um, and you say the first thing that comes to mind. So my first question is name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. A walk in my stilettos. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank it you. It definitely did. <laughs> We've had this conversation, <laughs> and, and even just now, I looked at the list of questions. Like, which one do I ask her first? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess before I go to the next question, how has it changed your life? Um, it has prepared me for what I'm actually experiencing, um, especially after my son's passing. Like I said, when I read your book, I read your book in early winter, right before Christmas of last year. And it's changed, you know, how I handled my situation going forward. Because when I read your book, it was like I was reading about myself, like things mm-hmm. that you were speaking of. I'm like, hold on. If she went through this, <laughs> I can go through this. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like just the way you, you dealt with everything and you kept God in the middle of everything that you were doing, mm-hmm. you know, and your perseverance and your strength. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. You know, so 
it's helped me like to open up, you know, like myself and my eyes more, just knowing that, you know what, I can, I can get through this as well. I can get through this. This person went through this and got over it. I can definitely get through it as well. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, my younger self, I would, the advice I would give would be have patience mm-hmm. and tell myself that you are beautiful, you're beautiful inside and out. I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. Wow. Natalie, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. And I appreciate you um, being able to talk so transparently, um, you know, about losing your son and being so open and loving and having such a big heart to want to help others heal while you're still healing. So I want everyone listening to go and find your Facebook page, um, Ish, I'm Still Healing, and to watch your videos and to share it with any other mother that is experiencing that, that needs some encouragement to understand that she too can get through it. And a loss for words, because I, I just think that even just listening to the tone in your voice and the way that you're able to speak with such strength about your experience so soon. Um, thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my honor, my honor, my pleasure. <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> So until next time, download the A Walk in My Stilettos app, subscribe to our newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com. We want you to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.